All right, and welcome into this week's Jazz Nation podcast. My name is Daniel. I am your host of the podcast. I'm also the admin of all those Jazz Nation pages you're following on social media through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, MySpace, all those things. And of course, the podcast. You can find the links for all those in one simple place at linktree.com forward slash Jazz Nation News. And with me, as always, is the assistant to the host, Will Wonder. How's it going, sir? I'm great. I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me once again. Oh, you're welcome. You're, you're so honored and lucky to be here. Ugh. And we have a special guest with us. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him? We do. Uh, we thought it would be fun to bring my buddy Kurt Pruitt on. Uh, at one point, he actually had a jazz podcast, jazz fan podcast called The Thoughts Inside Our Heads uh, with one of his buddies, Berg. That's uh, taking a break. But I do have Kurt come on my podcast, The Will Wonder Pod, quite a bit to talk hoops. He is a huge jazz fan, uh, but you know, I have to say more level-headed than most. Uh, he, he brings a very good perspective in uh, on what, you know, he thinks the team should do at times or how they're doing. So thought it would be fun to have him come on as we are here in the playoffs. And uh, obviously we'll get to that. So yeah, Kurt Pruitt. Thanks for having me. I'm actually super excited for this. I, I hope my level headedness works both ways. Cause I think <laughs> sometimes I bring jazz fans down to reality and hopefully after last night, uh, we aren't jumping off the ship and, and blowing everything up yet. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But uh, when we have a guest on, we have to do what we always do here. And that's ask some questions to get to know you a little better. So we're going to ask you some questions here. Just answer these as quickly as you can right off the top of your head. Uh-oh. Don't think too hard about it. Okay. First question is what is your favorite fast food place? Hmm. Geez. Good question. Um, right now I'm going to go with five guys, burgers and fries. There you go. What is your favorite dine-in restaurant? Uh, Walters. Fancy. Wow. Well, you said, you <laughs> no, said that's favorite. Fine. That's it's fine. not somewhere I go all the time, but it is the best. Okay. <laughs> all right. Next question. Your all-time favorite band or artist, or if you don't have one, maybe name your top three. Oh, easy. Okay. Grew up, uh, went to junior high school in the mid-2000s. I'm all about the mid-2000s. Pop punk era, newfound glory. Um Blink-182. These aren't my favorites, but no one will know the favorites I actually say. So that style of music for sure. Happy Wait a minute. Lucky. Wait, say your favorite then because I might know it. Um, Right now, The Wonder Years, if anyone listens to it, they're pretty awesome. All right. Great writing. Uh, Kurt is also a movie buff, uh, for those who want to, who are, are curious. But so for this question, I don't know his answer. Your all-time favorite movie. You can't ask me that specific question because it's there's not like an actual answer. Um, cause I always have to, cause I'm a huge nerd. I have to take Lord of the Rings and star Wars out of this picture to answer the question. And then I think like, okay, it's, it's clearly, clearly back to the future. But then I'm like, is it though? Because I also love like the Shawshanks of the world, the Godfathers of the world. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but whenever anyone asks me that question, the answer is always the Goonies. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, wow. You gave, you gave some answers and then all of a sudden gave us a left punch. Oh, <laughs> see a Tarantino to you guys. Just so, yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, next question. Current favorite TV show. What are you binge watching right now? So we we just started um, Severance on Apple TV because we were seeing a bunch of buzz. Um, definitely suggest you guys watching that one. Incredible so far. It's really slow burn, but it's like peeling back the layers very slowly and very well done. Love it. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of NBA players? You guys really don't let people prepare for these answers. Um, off the well, top, if you listen to the podcast, you would know. But uh... well, <laughs> I I always figured it'd be different questions, I guess. So here we go. NBA is Lebr- it's going to be Michael, LeBron, Magic, and the last one I'm going to go with Kareem. There we go. You know, I know what Daniel's going to say here. Go ahead, Bill, say it. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Oh, okay. wait a minute. Bill. How many? Didn't you only name four? Isn't there? That's no, a Mount four. Rushmore. It's there's four on Mount four. Rushmore. Yeah. Why was I thinking there's five? I don't know. Sorry. Well, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You That's didn't why pass it's so. It's so odd. It's so. Class. It's such a weird amount of like four. Like we'll come yeah. up with four names. Five. Yeah. You can like start. You know. Getting All fun right. With it. Let's get into our final question, which is the one that's always different each time we ask. And mm-hmm. since you're a movie buff, I'll make this question for you: Which is better, the Marvel movies or Star Wars franchise? Hmm. Star Wars. Okay. I kind of figured you're going to say that. But... Yeah. Here, I think what Marvel's done, like it's like essentially like a 25 movie running thing, which is incredible. And what they've been able to do and the money that they made is awesome. But Star Wars, Star Wars, man. That's all. It's just, 
it is what it is. I, I just, they're doing it with no source material. They've done it. They, they essentially blew up. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. Star Wars. There we go. Yeah, we'll be here forever. At Kurt Solo on most socials. So that gives you an idea of his favorite films. Go ahead, Daniel. All right. Well, let's get into the news outside the jazz bumble. Bubble? Bubble? Bumble. bumble. Excuse Bumble me. is that app you used to use. Go ahead. <laughs> the bubble <laughs> with uh, Will Wonder. Go ahead while I take a little coffee break. Yes. So I'm going to keep this short. Um, and we're only going to name three of these because Daniel said cut the fat. So uh, finalists for a couple of end of year uh, awards have been named. First, let's start with coach of the year. This is between Taylor Jenkins of Memphis, Eric Spolstra of Miami and Monty Williams of Phoenix. The finalists for MVP are Giannis. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Now there was one award winner named already. That would be Boston's Marcus smart who won a defensive player of the year award. Smart is actually the first guard to win this award since the glove Gary Payton in 95, 96, and only the sixth guard in the history of the award to win it. The other finalists he won over were Mikhail bridges of Phoenix. And of course, Utah's Rudy Gobert. And that's your quick news and notes from around the league. All right, cool. Uh, well, let's just quickly answer. Who do you guys think wins coach of the year? Uh, I actually said it on my podcast last week, the Will Wonder Pod. Uh, but I'm going to go with Taylor Jenkins of Memphis. Monty's a great uh, option, but I think it's Taylor. I'm going with Monty. Yeah, yes. I think it's Monty. All right, and MVP? Uh, Nikola Jokic. If it's not him, I don't know how it's not. I mean, th- there has to be a three finalist, but he's the one. Amen. Preach. Preach, Doug. Yep, there it is. I mean, I think it could be Giannis, but we'll see. No, nope. Not (laughs) this year. (laughs) And guess what? The uh, we all thought for Defensive Player of the Year that it was going to be. I think everyone was saying it was going to be Jaron Jackson, and look, he wasn't even the final three. So who the hell knows? Um, (laughs) That's very true. Do we? Do you guys think the person that should have won Defensive Player of the Year actually won, or was it just we're sick of Rudy and here's somebody else to get the trophy? Okay, I understand the the voter fatigue with Rudy. I understand how special he is in locking down the paint. Um, and we're going to get to this here here shortly, but I don't think all-around defensive uh, player, I don't know if he's the best in the league, and I'm going to take so many bullets for that. And I did last night on Twitter um, because I had brought up the fact that, uh, well, a couple of things about Rudy, defense and offense. But Marcus Smart's a great defensive player. I don't know if he should have been defensive player of the year. I would have leaned more towards Bridges with these three finalists, to be honest with you. Uh, but for me, I on my podcast, I had picked Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe he didn't play enough games, but I would say out of these three here, I would have went with Bridges. I agree with that first and foremost. Secondly, um, I was surprised by the amount of first place votes Smart had because I feel like he essentially didn't even have much of a narrative going behind him until the last month of, of the season. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know, you know who should be defensive player of the year is Marcus Smart, just yeah. because. And it, it's really weird. It's kind of a weird win. I don't like the whole, like, the reasons that people were giving is like, we just reward the big man too many. Well, what's the point of a big man? It's to defend the rim. Yeah. I'm giving it to him. That's, it's kind of stupid just to give it to a guard for giving it to a guard. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I honestly probably in my heart of hearts would have chosen Rudy Rudy anyway. Cause I do think he's a generational talent on the defensive end. Obviously Doug's going to call me a Homer for that though. Right. Doug? That's fine. No, 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 no Homer. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a great interior defender. I mean, Maybe I do the best I, ever. I do kind of feel like the fatigue thing was kind of there. I mean, I was actually surprised that he even was in the final three, to be honest, because most of the national writers that I saw tweeting and podcasts were just kind of sounding like they were so over him that he wasn't even going to be in the final three. So I thought for sure that it was going to be smart. Um, I actually thought Bam was going to get in there and Jaron Jackson over mm. those guys, but I was kind of surprised that they didn't. So I think the issue with Bam was just the lack of games too. Like, a, you know, the injury, I think, I think if he would have played more games, he probably would have slid up in there at, s- at some point, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. You know, everyone, every jazz fan will think Rudy should get the award until the end of time, unless God forbid he's not on the team anymore. Then maybe that changes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on and let's look, uh, <laughs> look back on some jazz playoff games. The jazz have started the playoffs. It's the series with the Dallas Mavericks round one. The series started this past Sunday in Dallas Saturday. Was it? Oh yeah. Saturday. Yep. Was You're it? good. You're Saturday. good. Yeah. I am loving it. 
Easter weekend's crazy. Yeah, I'm all over the place here. Um, yeah, sorry. Saturday and the Jazz get the win. Um, 99 to 93 was the final score. First half was Boyan's half, but the second half, Don and Mitchell pretty much took over and ended up leading the Jazz with 32 points. Brunson led the Mavs with 24 points. Rudy Gobert finished with 17 rebounds in that game. You know, that game was, wasn't pretty. The first half was pretty awful for the Jazz, and then the second half was much better, obviously, because they won. But honestly, that felt like one of those games where either team could have won to me. Um, what do you guys think? What was your thoughts on that first game of the series? I, I So halftime came around. It's 45-43. I'm thinking the Jazz are really just going to step it up this second half. And and honestly, it was just close. And I, I when I was watching it, I said, maybe I can attribute this to they were preparing for Luka. They were focusing on this is what we got to do with Luca playing. And maybe they weren't ready for how, you know, maybe Brunson stepped up or different guys on Dallas. I was shocked. They only won by six points. And afterwards I thought to myself, you know what, they'll get it together. Game two, they'll be fine. And we'll get to game two here in a moment. Bogdanovich did play well. Uh, Mitchell played well. Gobert five points. It's something I'm going to come back to in that second game as well uh, as far as scoring, as far as, as far as field goal attempts as a whole, he shot one time in this game, uh, Rudy did. And say what you will, I think he needs to be shooting a couple more times. And then on Dallas's end, Dinwiddie played well for him. Brunson played well. But after that, it was just kind of like, meh, nobody really, really showed up for him. So just real quick, as far as I just want to interrupt there and say on the Rudy points thing, one thing I've noticed, and I'm sure most fans know, is a lot of his points obviously come around the rim, and a lot of it comes from Conley throwing up lobs to him and you know throwing him down. I've noticed in this series thus far that Dallas has just totally eliminated that. They're doing great as far as the defense of basically kind of getting in Conley's face and almost not allowing him to do that. So the points for that have just not been there for Gobert as far as I've noticed. Um yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, Kurt, what do you think of game one? A lot of things, I think, get factored out in the playoffs. Like, home court's a big thing, especially when a team's, you know. Like, the crowd understands that Luke is not there, so I feel like they're going to have an extra, like, umph behind them, I guess you can say. Weird word to say, but I don't care, like, if we didn't blow them out or not. A win's a win, especially on the road in the playoff series. You know, we got home court back. It was a huge win. I was more nervous at the beginning how bad we were shooting specifically Donovan he was you know able to flip the switch and turn into playoff Donovan in the second half huge shout out to bogey if there's anyone that feels like just kind of gives a shit all the time Boyan's like underrated in that aspect yeah we always 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 talk about dogs he's not a full-on dog but he's definitely got a little pup in him you know what I mean (laughs) a little growl um, which, which I appreciate but um at the end of the day like what was more aggravating to me is just like we didn't shoot great. They shot really well, but a win's a win. So I can't, I can't really say too much. You know, when your team's winning, I can't say t- too many bad things about them. And again, I think getting into like Rudy on the offensive thing is going to be a little bit more interesting to talk about in game two. But yeah, yeah, talking about the offense too and the Jazz. Uh, I mean, this is not just for game one. This is also for game two. But they're, I mean, we think we all know three pointers have been their go-to for this whole season, but. Thus far in this series, they really haven't been there for them. Just looking over the stats in game one, they attempted 22 threes and only made seven. Mm. That's really not the Jazz this season. So that's kind of, I mean, just looking at the score, when's the last time we saw the Jazz score under 100 points? It's been yeah. a while if you think about it. So Dallas's defense, they've, I think they've really done their homework and figured out how to defend the Jazz. And it was showing in game one and, it's definitely showing in game two. It's uh, any any other thoughts on game one, or should we just move to game two? You know, you had talked about three pointers, and and I, I can tie this in as a Magic fan, right? The 09 NBA Finals, the 09 year the Lakers or the the Magic were there. It was Dwight and a bunch of three point shooters, and they always kept saying, "Live by the three, die by the three. And that was, I mean, that year Orlando could not figure it out in the finals, making any type of three pointers, and that's kind of what would be scary with Utah that they've shot it so well all year. And all of a sudden the playoffs are here and they kind of take a dip. So uh, again, I think that ties back into Rudy getting some shots inside to alleviate the the quote unquote bad shooting in the three point side of things. But we can, we can dive into game two. Cause oh, do I have some shit to say about game two? There's a lot more to unpack there. 
Yeah. So game two, which I believe was on Monday, we might want to check the <laughs> internet on that. That's correct. <laughs> um, the Jazz get the big L in Dallas. Final score, Utah 104, Dallas 110. Donovan leads the Jazz with 34 points. Brunson leads everybody with 41 points. To me, when I think about that fourth quarter for Dallas and all those threes, that's the offense Utah wants. That's like Quinn Snyder's wet dream right there, exactly what they were doing. Go to the basket, and there's a big man sitting out there that can knock it down. I mean, that's all I could think when they were doing that, not just how crappy the defense was. That's all I could think of, though. Snyder would love right now to have this. Whatever Dallas is doing right now, that's what Snyder wants, and it worked so good for them. Also, real quick, I just want to say something. I was watching the inside the NBA folks talking about the jazz game and Barkley said kind of caught me and was like, that's a good quote to write down. He's talking about how Rudy Gobert shouldn't have been in at the end of the game. And he says, play the game. Don't play your regular rotation. And it's really as simple as that. If you think about it, like there was obvious adjustments that need to be made and they just weren't made. And I think, I think as jazz fans, we're all extremely frustrated with that at this point. And it, it is very hard to understand why there isn't adjustments made, but also it's like, well, what adjustments do they make? Do they bring in Rudy Gay? Who's when's the last time Rudy Gay's even played? I mean, I understand that's kind of why we all thought they signed him was for this kind of stuff, but is he really going to be the solution there? I don't know what we'll go to you first. We'll wonder what are your thoughts on that whole problem the jazz have? So I think to answer uh, an option that you could have from your question, what do you do there? Bring in Rudy Gay. No, you, against this Dallas team. I don't think you, you don't have to have a big, uh, you could play someone like House at the same time as O'Neal at Ooh. the same Daniel House. Daniel oh, House. Still doesn't sound right. Yeah. I'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but you could play the two of them, Conley, Mitchell, uh, and Bogey, and you're going to be fine. Uh, Maxi Kleber isn't drop-stepping into the paint and hammer-dunking on anybody, regardless of, of their size. Let me get to this because I wrote down some stuff that I want to get off my chest. Okay. I'm not, I want to talk about, not even get off my chest, but I'm not even a jazz fan in this game. Pissed me off. So like I said, game one was scary after game one. I thought, all right, Utah's fine. They're, they'll, they'll come out game two and do work. And, and, you know, in the first half they did, like you said, they had the, a, a decent, an okay lead at halftime, even through the third quarter, they didn't play terrible, but the fourth quarter specifically like the last six and a half minutes, what happened? And it, it was a complete collapse it looked like a rerun of everything that we saw uh, last year in the playoffs against the Clippers series or in the Clippers series, excuse me, spreading the floor, putting Rudy on an Island, that corner three was raining down. It was incredible to watch. And with, like you said, zero adjustments from Utah defensively, Maxi Kleber had 25 points. He went eight from 11 from three. He only shot threes. Maxi Kleber only shot threes, went eight from 11, had 25 points. Again, yeah, while we're shooting out stats here real quick, let's let's give out this one that just probably when everyone saw it was just unbelievable. But this came from Tim, my man, from ESPN, talking about the Mavs made 17 unconsented threes in the win over Utah last night. Yeah. That means 17 three-pointers were just sitting there going to without, without, to a, real, without yeah. a real hand in their face. I'm almost I believe, done, that, I believe I'm, that was a record, too. I'm almost yes, done with my like rant. Something. Oh. Mike Conley, bit of a foul trouble in the, in the first half, whatever. But he also went 0 for 7 from the floor, 0 points in 22 minutes. 8 points from Rudy in 37 minutes. Yes, he had 17 rebounds, 2 blocks, great. We all saw what happened in the last 6 minutes, spreading the floor, those wide open threes. He was spread so thin the last 6 minutes. For what it's worth, Andy Larson actually tweeted a video, and I know Andy gets a lot of shit from a lot of people, but I sent it to Kurt last night, sent it to a couple other people saying, watch this. Brunson and Dinwiddie essentially getting past their defenders, all this in the last six and a half minutes, getting past their defenders, getting to the hoop and either scoring because help was half-assed too late or on the opposite end, the help was there, but the defensive rotation wasn't. Uh, and that corner three was wide open. Last thing I want to say about this, plus minus in this in game two, Daniel House, Daniel House, your boy, plus 17 in 21 and a half minutes. He actually led everyone, either team in plus minus. So I think that says one thing. He needs to play a little bit more. And I, I don't see the problem, like, like our guy Chuck said, adjustments. You don't have to play you the way you've been playing all year. Teams figure this shit out. They did it last year, and it looks like they did it this year. Now, am I freaking out too much? Do I want this podcast and us to talk about the playoffs to go a little bit longer than the first round? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think the Jazz will figure it out. But, Kurt, I'm open to hear your thoughts on game two. 
you're hitting a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. So thanks, Doug. I don't even know why why I'm here. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The biggest thing for me, I mean, it was really frustrating being a jazz fan, jumping on Twitter and seeing the civil war that's been drawn in a line in the sand. You're either on Donovan's in Donovan's camp camp or you're in Rudy's camp, which I don't understand why, because honestly, you kind of need both of them with the way this team's built right now. Right. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is like Donovan's not passing the ball. Rudy's not getting enough touches. He needs more more touches in the paint. And we do that. And there are a lot of lowlights from us forcing the ball to Rudy last night. Oh, my goodness. Missed lobs um, that when he's trying to back Kleber um, back and he dribbles it off his foot. Like, are you kidding me? He's mm. he's eight inches shorter than you. So that was really frustrating. Two for five. When when he got as many touches as he did and he went two for five with four turnovers as a big man, not ideal. Okay. But I, I also have to be critical of Donovan at the end. He did go like he missed like he went one for seven or something yeah. in his last eight shots, which is it is abysmal. We can't have that. Um, we need you to be better there. But the biggest thing for me, and that's a great quote, Daniel, that you brought up from from Barkley. Yes, Barkley. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We aren't the adjustments by Quinn. And this is what happens in the playoffs. And I honestly love Quinn. He's a mad scientist. He, his his eyes are crazy. He screams at people um, the <laughs> the wake up moment is an all time jazz moment for me. But, like, anyone who was watching that game understood that Brunson was cooking everyone besides Daniel House. Leave House on him. I don't understand why. I don't understand why we didn't leave House in at the end of the game to guard Brunson. Um, going back to the video you sent, there was a few a few plays. Our guards were getting a lot of shit, which was honestly deserved because they were a revolving door in a way. But, like, there was also times where, like, you know, our defensive player of the year was messing up like he missed there's there was a drive by Brunson he went baseline and Rudy just abandoned his guy completely to help on the drive like he wasn't even in the paint at that point he wasn't sinking or anything wide open three for Kleber one of his a million or whatever it was it's just (laughs) it was it was hard to watch but to be honest like yeah we lost a game but we split the road games we got home court back Mike scored zero points we completely fell apart and we still only lost by six. So, you know, I, I wanted to, after the game, Quinn, this was one of his quotes, shout out to Tony Jones for reporting this Quinn Snyder. The challenge for us is to do a better job containing the ball. We can't have Brunson have the night he had and also be able to kick the ball out for those open looks. I retweeted it and said, Hey, hindsight's 2020. You know what I mean? When you're in the game, maybe you don't see it. I don't know how, but yeah, the adjustments are the biggest thing. Yeah. We got to make adjustments on the fly take your pick put in a, whatever name you want to do new career high against the utah jazz it just happens terrence Mann, brunson whatever freaking mini blitzkrieg's name <laughs> just oh i yeah. just wanted to going along with this the thing that i think about too and I, I tweeted something after the game is do we really expect dallas to have this kind of shooting again in the series my gut says no but it doesn't mean the jazz should keep the same defense either i mean you got to be ready for it to happen again yeah. so well, i do i think they're going to have those guys knock down that many threes again probably not just like last year when when terrence Mann made all those shots was he likely to do that again eh, probably not but when he did it you should have adjusted and yeah yeah and the problem is though when it's 17 open threes i don't care who in the league shooting that they're in the nba like yeah, yeah. at least you got to at least close the airspace a little bit if they're somewhat contested i don't think they shoot that well and to your point too daniel is i don't think they're going to shoot that well regardless if it's 17 open threes or not like they were absolutely lights out especially in that fourth quarter but right at least this wasn't the deciding game that sent us home right we can actually adjust this time like donovan said last year we had we were we had mike's hamstring his ankle like this is something we can actually fix now they've been saying stuff like this all year that we need to fix it we need to make changes it's literally put up or shut up time. So I'd like to see those changes finally start taking place. Something on the defensive side too, that I haven't heard too many people talk about, except uh, there was one post game person talking about, I believe it was on the salt city hoops guys that were mentioning it. And that's Royce O'Neal. And he's actually been kind of exposed as well. And that he can't really, the, the Dallas guards, they are tough to defend. And they, once they get on, when Royce is guarding them, they're going right by him. He can't keep up with them. So there needs to be an adjustment on that too. Royce cannot guard their, their, even if he has to go to the taller, big guys, like switch them on those guys. I'd rather have them on that. And, but where there's like house, Daniel house, junior, that dude, he, he though, he can keep up. He, when he was on Brunson last night, that was some of the best defense I've seen the jazz play in a long time. Like he was all over them and they should have kept up with that. 
And then I think the other thing that most jazz fans that I've seen complaining about the day after or the night of was the Clarkson substitute out. And do I think he should always close games? No, but he he was on, he was pissed off last night, and they should have let him roll with that. Like even if he gets thrown out of the game, sometimes you got to have that dude out there that's just causing trouble and in the player's face because. I can't remember who exactly it was, but he was in their face and they both got technicals mm-hmm. and we need that. Sometimes you got to have that dude out there. It's just like, and then he starts, maybe he gets in their head and they're just like, I got to make this job. It's stupid. Clarkson's right there. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you got to have that dude. It's like how we always talk about, we hear people talk about how we miss Crowder. Well, you had a par- possibility of Clarkson kind of being that dude for him last night. And I don't know. Um, do I think Rudy Gobert should have been in that game at that point? probably not i probably would have substituted him out for house jr at that point because that just seemed the and you know what say you do that and it doesn't work for the first two minutes okay put rudy back in but you should at least tried it why not give it a go i mean what i don't know you it obviously wasn't working so i to me everyone's talking about you know mike conley failed us donovan failed to me the biggest failure of game two and i i hate to say this because i've been his biggest fan was coach q he really messed up in that game and should have made those adjustments and honestly jason kidd and his staff they 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 exposed him and said huh you're not gonna make those adjustments well watch us go and i guess i mean i mean it was simple though like even listening to kid after the game in his press conference he wasn't saying anything profound he's like yeah you know if you can get to the to the hoop and the, they collapse on us. There's someone open in the corner and we're going to hit those threes. And it and was he, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he even talked about how the jazz weren't going for threes. He's like, well, if they're going to shoot twos, then we're going to go for threes. And you know, <laughs> yeah. eventually the numbers are just going to add up in our favor. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. too, like what's frustrating is sometimes it goes both ways. Like there's been times when Jordan Clarkson's been in the game, like late later than he should have been where he's just like flames off, like absolute just, you know, we know Clarkson, it's feast or famine with him. And then like last night when he's, he's literally on fire, what? 72% shooting. Incredible. Like working his angles, doing what he does and then pulling him out for a guy who hasn't scored in foul trouble, completely out of, out of sync. And I'm honestly not against having Wancho run at center down late when he's a little bit longer, leave house in to guard Brunson. The problem, here's the problem when it comes back to like when people say playing Rudy off the floor is like, okay, if they're going to be shooting threes like this, he needs to go and punish them on the offensive side. And he just can't do that. Last mm-hmm. night showed us early in that game. Rudy doesn't have that in his game. I love him. I think he's great. I hope he's a jazz man for a really long time. But Rudy just can't go into the post and punish people, even if they're a foot shorter than him. Yeah. And that's what plays Rudy off the, the court, in my opinion, is us not going to get a bucket every time down the floor because he's not an offensive weapon. That's, yeah. that's a problem in my eyes. It's it's all about everything about the playoffs is all about matchups and you and your ability to adjust to those matchups and you know it, Jazz get through this series if they do and more than likely they play Phoenix unless something crazy happens they have Aiton and Rudy's going to have to play against Aiton in those times where Aiton goes off the off the court yeah maybe you take Rudy off if they're going small but Aiton is one of their their key players there in Phoenix. So it's it's all about matchups, and and to say that you take him off now doesn't mean he's not coming back at another time, exactly. another series uh, down the road. But yeah, I don't know. I think we beat this this uh, this game to death. But Daniel, where where are we going now? <laughs> um, so I mean, I guess just to kind of wrap up on that game, was there anything positive that you guys saw the Jazz do that you could say, okay, I liked what they were there doing there roll with that keep it going i mean for me i think the obvious one was boyan he you know he's he's i can't remember who was defending him but he would literally just said give me the ball and starts backing him in and then just makes a shot it's almost you know they have that dirk thing there on that court in dallas he's i mean he's not doing the exact dirk shot but you know he's just pulling over them and shooting it and to me why aren't we rolling with that a few more times and when it's hot i mean that to me is the jazz good right now and i'd like to see them do that more often yeah, Boyan and House, like I brought up House being plus 17 in his 21 minutes, uh, played played really well, played really well defensively. So yeah, uh, that would be my my key uh, good takeaway. And I love Donovan in the first half too. So Yeah, honestly, first three quarters yeah. honestly, until the last few minutes there. Um, Boyan's a bucket. I think everyone knows that. I think we had a good shoot, shooting night from Royce for once. It's been a while. Um, problem is, like Daniel mentioned, is he was getting burned defensively. So. Yeah, kind of washes out there. Um, 
But I do think I think anyone who watches that game realizes that House needs to be on the floor more. He's our dog, Doug. He's our dog. Yeah. Yeah. Bark at him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's enough for uh, the past couple games. We'll look forward to the next couple games here in a few. But we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back and answer some listener questions. So stick around with us, please. All right. And welcome back. So we are going to jump into now listener questions. The way this works is we put it out there on Instagram, typically saying, Hey, you got any questions? Send them our way and we'll answer a couple of them. So if you ever want to get a question on, follow us on Instagram at jazz nation news. And yeah, anyways, let's move into some questions. We're going to keep this kind of short because to be honest, a lot of your questions this week were kind of the same. Let's just say it was all about blah, blah, this and that, that. So it's kind of hard to answer those questions. Oh, okay. But um, our first question kind of comes in from Finn underscore Garrison. He says, why is Rudy Gay not getting minutes? Who wants to go first on that? I, I can go first. I, I think, um, I don't know. There was a, you know, there was a, not too long ago. I, I don't remember what game it was. <clears throat> Maybe you guys would remember. Post game, you know, they had players come out and they answer questions. Well, Gay was like, nope, I'm not coming out there to answer questions. It seems like maybe him and maybe him and Quinn don't see eye to eye. I don't know because Rudy Gay is a, a veteran, a traveled veteran, experienced, can still play. And I don't know what it would have hurt throwing him in for a couple of minutes to kind of get some looks because uh, a lot of these guys are playing big, big minutes. But to answer your question, what was his name again? Finn underscore Garrison. Finn. I'm sorry, Finn. I don't have an answer for you. I, I feel like Rudy should be, Rudy Gay should be playing at, at, at minimum in these games, probably eight to 10 minutes, but I, I don't know why. Kurt, do you have any, any inkling? Yeah, simple. Wancho Hernan Gomez, baby, the movie star. <laughs> um, no, I don't know either. I think, I thought we brought him in for this purpose. So I think we're all kind of scratching our heads a little bit yeah. about why he's not out there. I mean, my answer would just be just from watching games is that his shooting really hasn't been that great offensively and his defense really hasn't been that great either. So I think Herman Gomez, Herman Gomez, I think he, I think he's honestly taken over his minutes and that's just, I mean, he doesn't even get that many minutes. So yeah, like whatever, Rudy, yeah. whatever Rudy Gay would have had, they're now going to the movie star instead. So him and his new balance dad shoes out I mean, there. <laughs> That's really just that's uh, to me. That's just the obvious answer. And I think at the end of the year, Rudy Gay is going to say, "F this organization, get me out of here." Is he under? He's under contract, I think, for next year too. Um, so I would expect him to say, "I want out of here after this season." But oh, moving yeah. on to the, moving on to the next question from Ryan B. Coleman for, in your opinion, does the Jazz have any chance at all when facing the Suns next round? And we should put a quotation if they make it to the second round. Um, <laughs> Doug, I already know you're going to say no, so we'll just skip you to get the curtain and maybe have Perfect. some okay. op- possibility here. Um, short answer, no. Long answer is I don't think it's going to be a, as much. It's going to be a hard series just because we play them well. Honestly, we played them well in the regular season. Uh, we play the Suns tough, but they are a beast. They're long. We do not handle long defenders very well, and that's what they're – filled top to bottom on their roster with. So I don't know in a seven game series, if anyone's going to beat the Suns this year, uh, let alone the jazz. So short answer. No, I don't think we get past them. Okay. My answer is, I mean, the easy, obvious answer is you just say the Suns are the best. They're the best team in the league. So Mm -hmm. any, I'm not even talking the jazz, anybody going against them is going to have a hard time. But I think the answer also is, is if you're a jazz fan, you should just be like, what's the point of making a pass this round? If we're just going to get swept and feed, I mean, can you be a little positive? Be it a little matters. positive here. Like it matters in the sense not just because you get there and have some respect. Like hey, they made it second round, but like they. Okay, I'm not trying to put this out on anyone, but we all know injuries happen in the oh, playoffs too. I knew that so, was coming. <laughs> I'm just saying, is there a chance? There's always a chance. Yeah, there is a chance. That was the uh, question, right? The question oh, says, boy. have any chance at all? Yeah, so there is a chance. Sure. And maybe, you know what, maybe there's a chance in the second round that all of a sudden some switch goes off and calmly and he's just like, you know what, you know what, I'm here, I'm going off every mother effing, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wow, calmly just goes off. You know, I, so there is a chance. Do I think it's likely? Would I go put money on it? Probably not. But there's yeah. always a chance. You never know. You got to be positive, people. Yeah, and, uh, 
in a perfect hold on hold on real quick (laughs) i just gotta say this this is one of those things i gotta get off my chest you know as the person that sees all the comments out there yeah if you're gonna call yourself a fan of a team and i'm not just talking jazz a fan of any team maybe you should back the team good bad whenever like you can't just be like we sucked blow it all up and then when they win a game not say anything like how about you be there good bad and everything like if we make it to the second round First off, we're in the mother effing playoffs. That's a positive. There's plenty of teams right now that would love to be in this playoff series right now or in fans. Two, if we make it past this series, whether they have Luca or not, that's a positive. They There's players on our teams that are getting the playoff experience, the, the coaching staff getting their experience. That's all positives right there. Two, you make it to play the best team in the NBA. You know what that means for all you bitching about NBA TV? It means you're not going to be on NBA TV. You're going to be on ESPN. <laughs> you're going to be on primetime. So that's a positive, is it not? So no, instead of being negative, 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 wah, 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 this, let's think on the positive a little, folks. I swear mm. it's going to make your day better. Okay, glass, I'm done. Glass half right. full. To be honest, Jazz Twitter and the socials is a cesspool right now of just it's insane toxic. takes. It's toxic. It's crazy, man. And I... Coming as a Washington Football Redskins Commanders fan, you have to bleep that, that out. Yeah. <laughs> that fan base is, you know, stop, it, like, they just hate their lives, and they're not yeah. nearly as toxic as the Jazz fans. So. Yeah, I had a tweet uh, after Game One, and this is what I said: Jazz fans in the first half, just going through Jazz Twitter, trade Mitchell. We don't, we don't want him here. Trying to be a hero out there, pass the ball. Second half, Jazz fans in the second half. I love you, Donnie. Spider! Exclamation. <laughs> and then I put the Britney Spears, You don't you know that you're toxic? Because it is. Like, I mean, just I, take I, a breath. I really don't want to pat myself too hard in the back, but I, I had like the perfect tweet on that game. I said in the first half, I said, why don't you guys just chill out with Donovan right now? Give him some time and he's going to come around. And I didn't even think it was going to be in that game. I saw it more of a second game. And then he came out in the second half and looked amazing. So I got I to shine a little bit there. You know, Did he like, DM you afterwards? No, oh, so that was actually going to be my next comment. I was like, if I was an NBA player, or if I was a coach of a team, I would almost say everyone on my team shut off your social medias in the playoffs. I don't want you looking at any of this stuff because if you're a player and, and I know, you know, they're on there, Rudy, Donovan, they're all reading the comments and stuff like that. That can't be. Do you think that's does that do anything to them? Do you think or are they just over it? I think it depends on their uh, <laughs> how strong they are mentally. Um I don't know why you would take, you know, for example, my tweets, right. As anything like Rudy, isn't going to read my tweets and get mad uh, because I'm just spitting truth. Right. But um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, um, if they would look at it or not in a negative way. I'm sure it's sure. It's annoying. Right. I think where, where fans and people on Twitter need to take a step back is like, okay, talk about their game. Talk about what they did in the game. Don't attack them as a human being, right? It is what it is. If, if you're out there playing and I feel like I can make a comment on your game, uh, but I'm never going to say, oh, he's trash. He's blah, blah, blah. Cause you know, they're all great people at the end of the day. Wow. Yeah. Thanks Doug. Yeah. Wait, what do you think on that idea though? Is it not possible to, if you were, if you were the coach say, guys, I really want you not to be on social media, deactivate it for the playoffs. Is that, I mean, I mean, you have crossing you, the line or, you have you to get a feel. A I think you have to get a feel for your team and, and where they're at um, again with their mental toughness. Like that's what it comes down to. Um, and, and if maybe they can't be on there, what I would do as a coach to kind of put a fire under their ass. Okay. You guys aren't on there. And I don't think you could actually say that in this day and age, like you can't do this, but maybe get some tweets from well-known, you know, NBA commentators or whomever it may be, put that up in the locker room. Like if so-and-so, should have done something on a certain player if they looked awful throughout the game. Oh, okay, here it is on the clipboard. Go ahead and read this from Will uh, at DJ Will Wonder on Twitter. Good plug. Zero bag for Rudy on the offensive end. Shout out to Colton. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Kurt. I just think from a coach, it would never work. But maybe like the team leader saying like, "Hey guys, we're doing, we're shutting this down." Like LeBron did it, right? Zero dark thirty, whatever the hell he called it. Yeah, he used to, he used to do that all the time in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't he think he, make they it, made just it this so everyone year. knows he didn't make it this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap up our questions here. We're keeping it short because we want to talk more about the playoff series. So what we're going to do right now is take another quick break here, regroup, and we're going to look ahead to the two home games that are coming up and what we think uh, hopefully are going to be some jazz wins, but we're going to talk about that next. So stick around. 
All right, Ed, we are back. Thanks so much for listening in to the Jazz Nation podcast. So right now we are going to look ahead to the next two games, which are both in Salt Lake City. Game three will be on Thursday. I'm looking at a calendar to make sure I have this right. Thursday against Dallas, 7 p.m. tip-off. Bad news for some of you out there. This is on NBA TV, so just deal with it. Why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure you'll find a way to watch it for free. And then the following game, game four, will be on Saturday, playing playing Dallas again, just so you know. Um, this is kind of an early game. It looks like this will be a 2.30 p.m. tip-off. Good news for some of you, this will be on TNT. Just a real quick side note on that. Why do people get so pissed off at NBA TV, but when it's on TNT, it's much cooler? Like, you've got to have a subscription somehow to watch TNT, too, so... So yeah, NBA TV is get... more on certain providers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I pay so, for League Pass, so I get it. it here's the problem. Me. Here's the problem. If you're a YouTube TV user and it's on NBA TV, it's blacked out. So that's your TV provider. And all of a sudden you're like, well, how am I going to watch the game? Well, because... I have an easy solution for you. It's called get a Fubo TV free subscription through that's Jazz Nation News. And <laughs> um, other one, Promo by the code way, Jazz Nation News. There's no promo code. But oh, just, my bad. Also, just so you know, and I don't know if a lot of people know about, there's actually another streaming service that has AT&T Sportsnet. It's called DirecTV Stream. Because the downfall, this is, we're going way off topic here, but the downfall of <laughs> Fubo TV, the downfall of Fubo TV is that they don't have TNT and TBS. So you're going to miss games on theirs, which really sucks because they're on playoffs right now there. But if you go to DirecTV Stream, they have AT&T Sportsnet, which has home games, and then they also have TNT and TBS. So, yeah. No, with my, I, league, with my league past, I watched it on NBA TV last night. It was no problem. Well, oh, I mean, wow. you, you obviously have some weird thing going on because usually those are blacked out. So well. there's, I mean, there's your, there's your third under you know, the black market option. You get NBA TV and do it through a VPN and it'll work. So league pass. It's Anyways, pay money. So <laughs> let's move on and look at the upcoming game. So we'll start with game three against Dallas. The first home game. Um, I'm going to chalk this up as a W because I expect the Jazz to come out just fires a blazing. I also expect, as crazy as this is going to sound, I think Conley's probably going to go off in that game just because just just based on the Conley history with the Jazz, he usually does pretty damn well in home Jazz games when it comes to his offensive side. So I expect him to have a much better game. And Donovan will, of course, score his points. Hopefully Boyan does as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to put chalk me down – Write it down, Will Wonder, please, in that notebook. Got it. A W on W Thursday. on Thursday. Got it. Kurt, what are you thinking? Um, for the same points, I think so. That we this is this is going to be a win. I think the the crowd's going to be super loud, unless half of them are booing Rudy and the other half are booing Donovan. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> what I want to see that's I think we're going to win regardless because I think our players are going to be lights out shooting and they're just going to be playing really hard. I'm more curious to see if the adjustments have been made that we talked about earlier such as how it's playing later defense um, rotations just matter towards the game and how the game's playing out and not necessarily just sticking to a rotation. So that's what I'm going to be more paying attention to in game three. There you go. Uh, Daniel, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up. Something fun that you sent us last night via KSL sports. Kurt, any idea, any idea the last time the Dallas Mavericks won in Vivint, any idea of the year? No, I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. Work by Drake and Rihanna was the number one song in the nation. You may not know what that is. Okay. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, you know the song, but I don't but know the when, year. when it was. Yeah. So this was a, in heavy rotation every Friday as I was DJing back then, 2016, 2016, 2016, wow. April 11th. Now the, the Mavs did beat Utah in the bubble and Utah was designated as the home team, but nope, wasn't it Vivint? So get it straight. So first game, game three, I'm going to say Utah wins this. The crowd's going to be there. Like you both said, Conley has to have a better game uh, than, than what he did this last game. But as you both had said, he does play well, plays a little bit better at home, probably waking up in your own bed. We'll do that for you. I'm going to go Utah here. I don't think, you know, uh, we had touched on this earlier. There was a report that Luca may come back game three or game four. I don't think they bring him back game three. Uh, yeah, just to, hold on real quick. Sorry, just sure. an update on that. So at the time we're recording this on today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, Whoa, Tuesday. Right. Tuesday. So, so Lord. Shams was the one that reported that there's there's optimism that Luca will play. But then Tim McMahon of ESPN, who I, I would prefer his source over this just because he's actually in Dallas and he's kind of an inside source of them. 
He says, describes Luca's chances of returning for game three as uncertain and says it's day to day. So yeah. my honest opinion on this has been that Dallas is just seriously mind effing with Utah on this. I honestly don't even think Luca comes back at all in this series. Like if, if you were Dallas and you saw how they, like if you're their management and team, like you saw how good they're doing against Utah right now, would you even want to rush him back right now for this? Like, no, especially no. if the series is tied <laughs> and stuff right now, like when you wait till it's like game seven, it's all on the line. Like, okay, now Luca, we really need you. Like, Right. Here's my take on this. And, and Kurt and I had talked about this on, on my podcast last week. Well, you stop with the plugs. Already. The Will Wonder Pod. Uh, the <laughs> calf injury, the calf strain can lead to something much more um, uh, impactful, worse as an injury going forward in, in the Achilles. We saw it with Kevin Durant, how long it took him to come back. Um, if I'm Dallas and Luca isn't 110%, I'm not bringing him back this series. If Dallas wins, I'm not bringing him back next series just to get washed by the Suns. Uh, They have a chance. There's always a chance. But I would say this. If he, yeah, again, if he's not 110%, no way, no how. I said it earlier on this podcast this year that Dallas is actually, in my opinion, playing for next year, looking for next year to do some stuff. Brunson in the sign and trade. He's only increasing his value right now with what he's doing. So, uh, yeah, no way. No way should he come back unless there is zero, zero doubt that he's 100% healed. Well, I remember seeing him during game, game two. Like, he's literally, like, why everyone, here's the, oh, I forgot to mention this. If I had, like, season tickets or paid a crap ton of money and I had those seats behind Dallas's bench, I would be so pissed off because those mother effers never sit down. But, <laughs> but I noticed, I noticed that Luca, he doesn't stand a whole lot with them. He's kind of just laying on the seats and trying to look behind them. Watch that next time. If he doesn't play in game three, kind of watch him for that and see if he, but um, yeah. Hey, Dallas players, sit your asses down. People are trying to watch the game. <laughs> How many of those people actually think bought those tickets? It's probably all given by something, right? In the playoffs at this point, nobody bought those. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I mean, in the first game, so jazz owner Ryan Smith was sitting behind the jazz bench mm-hmm. and they were also standing through the game. And I noticed in game two, he moved his seat to be not to be watch. behind the bench. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, how many Mountain yeah. Dews did he have? I didn't see any Mountain Dews. Minus. That okay. hat was that hat was definitely backwards, though. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, any more thoughts on Game Three or move forward? Uh, you can move forward. I, I don't want to say that was a shot at Ryan Smith. Uh, shout out to Ryan Smith doing a lot of cool things for the organization. You can drink all the Mountain Dew you want. It's Diet Mountain Dew too. Um, it should oh, be. Oh, and for those that for those that care, the Jazz will be wearing City jerseys on Game Three. Let's go. Pretty good record. Which, which one's the city again? Dark mode. Oh, okay. Thank mm-hmm. you. And then uh, yeah. game four, they'll be in the white jerseys again. Oh. So, so no, no Jordan statements, no Navy jerseys thus far in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, interesting. So we go to game four, which uh, looking at the calendar will be on Saturday again at two thirty p.m. This TNT. game, TNT. So we'll get to hear about you know Charles and Shaq probably hating on the Jazz. No, it'll be Shaq. Charles kind of likes the Jazz. Um, what are we thinking in this game? Uh, let me think. Do I think the Jazz will win that? You know what? Yeah. Mark me down as a W there, too. I think the Jazz are sweeping the Ws in Utah, this at least this week. So, Doug, write that, are you writing that down? Sweeping w? the W. Sweeping <laughs> the Ws. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, who do I think is going to do good in that game? It's hard. I can't really say in that. It's really going to depend. But I, I just think the Jazz are going to come out and get the win. Good crowd. Saturday crowd. It'll be good for them. Yeah, the crowd will be pumped. I don't, um, again, I don't think Luca's coming back. I'm going to say Utah wins this one as well. Hope and pray that if adjustments are needed, they are made. But Utah wins. Real quick, I just wanted to ask, I forgot to ask this in the last game too. Do we think game three or four are blowout games or are they still going to be close like these last two games? You're both shaking your head. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think if there's going to be a blowout game, it'll be game three. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to, I can see it's winning by like 10, 11, hopefully, hopefully I'm, it's not the end of the game where I'm clinched up, just nervous and yelling and waking the kid up. Um, game four, it, like Doug said, it comes back to, are we adjusting, not just like adjusting to the adjustments throughout the series, but are we adjusting in real game time situations and scenarios? That's what it really comes down to. I honestly think top to bottom talent, this roster, the jazz put together, as good as any we've honestly ever really had right yeah. it's just can these guys gel together and can, we, can our guards guard the perimeter and can you know 
We just do what we need to do. Just play a complete basketball game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hard about that. Did we got all on our predictions, right? We're all, uh, we're all yeah, wins. wings. Uh, no, not <laughs> uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we predictions. got our predictions. Yeah, um, uh, no, we I didn't get the game uh, for. Oh no, yeah, we did. Yeah, win two zero. Closer game, closer game though than game. And then, I mean, let's look just a slight ahead. Just do you think Utah then closes it out the next game, or does it continue on then? No, if I think if if Luca does come back, it probably it might maybe be game five. You know, that'll be a must-win game for them, right? We'd be up 3-1, bring them back at home, let the crowd get really into it. I think regardless if he comes back or not, though, Dallas takes game five. Yeah, I think so as well. See, that's Utah another clo- thing. closes it out at home. Game we're, we're talking earlier about positive. As a Jazz fan, people aren't looking on the positive here. We are leaving Dallas 1-1. That's exactly. a positive because now we're coming back. And if we get both wins at home, hello, now we're up. You know, we're ready to take the series yellow. as possible in right. Dallas. So it's not yep. like we've ever blown a three one lead either. You know nope. what I mean? No. Nope. So, uh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> oh, I truly believe we win this series. I yeah. really do. Not being that's not even a homer take. I truly believe the Jazz win this series. I do too, and I'm not a homer. So there you go. Yeah. And you know, I've said it I said it back when we did our predictions that I thought this was gonna go seven games anyway. So that's still mm-hmm. alive and uh, possible. Um, all right. I guess that's it for now. Um, by the way, for everyone wondering, Hey, I thought these come out on Mondays. Yeah. They might be a little all over the place during the playoffs because we want to watch the games and kind of talk about in the middle. There you go. Break. So yeah, I have no idea when we're going to do the next one. Um, probably next Tuesday as well. Cause looking at the schedule, the, it would go the Saturday game and then they would be in Dallas on Monday. So Look for that. Uh, Kurt, do you have anything you got to plug? Anything you want to let people know about? Say hi to somebody. No real plugs. Just happy you guys brought me on. I love talking jazz. So whenever you have me, I'll, I'll be ready. All right. That's great. Now, Will Wonder, I know you have plugs, so get those in. Sure do. The Will Wonder Pod comes out tomorrow. This week, I have an interview with a uh, man, actor, activist, singer. He does a lot of stuff. His name is Damar Jones. Really cool guy. Sat down with him. Had a lot of fun. Uh, also introducing a new segment called The Record Shop. You have to listen to know what that's all about. And then I'll talk briefly uh, about the NBA playoffs. I'm going to stack rank the most interesting series for you in case you want to watch some other ones beside the Jazz and you don't want to watch every single series and spend, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day watching basketball like I do. So there you go. I have a job too. For, what am I doing? And a family. Okay, go ahead. That's all. DJ Will Wonder on Twitter at the Will Wonder Pod on Instagram. All right. Mazel tov to you and your job and your family L'chaim. there. Yeah. And make sure you're following all of the Jazz Nation stuff again. Just go to Linktree forward slash Jazz Nation News. You'll find the links for everything there. Um, also, want to say uh, someone asked a question. And I'm just going to answer it real quick. The, the new Dawn issue fours, they look nice. I look forward to having those on my feet this fall. Uh, Doug, I don't care about your opinion because you're not okay. a Jesus guy. So no, love Donovan, hate the shoes. I'm just gonna keep it. A re- I'm gonna keep I, it real. I like I like the issue fours. My biggest question are the issue fours the secret weapon that Boyan was talking about. We mm. never know. Who no. knows? I, I don't know what the secret weapon and is. And that's how we end the episode. <laughs> boom, All right, boom, everyone. Boom. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jazz Nation podcast. We'll see you next week, and go Jazz. Bye bye. <laughs>